It's like I two different. So my husband will just give me a thumb and then I will just check in with him before I deploy. Yeah, <laughs> okay. but I, I still have a lot now and he's like, why you never spend my money? And I'm like, well, there's no compelling investment right now. I need to wait, right? You can't, it's not about just <laughs> it's like your buying client. all. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> like kind client. of. That's why I say I'll never start a hedge fund. It's like hard enough to manage my own family's one. <laughs> mm. And then for my kids, I have uh, stock picks as well as uh, mm. index funds and robos. Yeah. Okay, so you have the uh, kids. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Investments account, then you put them into index mm. funds. Yeah, because I think for kids, I, I have a lot more leeway because I want to also... Hello and welcome back to, to Chill with PFC, where we look for the quirkiest and geekiest people to share with you their views on money and on life. This week, we continue our two-part interview with financial influencer and mother of two, SG Budget Babe. Her name is Dawn. We'll learn about how her relationship with money has changed throughout her career. And don't forget to stay till the end for our rapid questions on money if you'd like to learn more about what Dawn's best and worst investments are. And I think also like maybe when you reach a certain age, now that we're in our 30s, right? Mm. You realize there's just not so much you can budget anymore because, mm. you know, unlike in your 20s when it's just you, 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 you. There's only so many cups of Starbucks that you can stop drinking. Yeah, exactly. To save exactly. money. Yeah. And then when kids come to the equation, oh. oh, there's just so many other things that you just can't control already. Yeah, so yeah. You, you used to keep a lid on all this because yes. you're financially savvy, right? Exactly. So with kids, how many kids do you have now? I have two kids Two now. kids. Uh, how, yeah. how old? They're four this year and one. Uh, son, daughter. Both boys. Both I want boys. a daughter. So you want a daughter? daughter? <laughs> no, but I'm done. I'm done. Two boys. I'm good. Close shot. Uh. <laughs> Close shot. Really. Close shot. Four and one. Oh, the yeah. one is like, you know, okay, uh, the four years old have been through the terrible twos, but the one year old is like, oh, you know, so so still very young. And obviously, uh, well, I think maybe they're a bit too young to learn about financial knowledge, right? But I'm sure at some level, yeah, you're going to train them for it. Yeah, I'm starting to teach my four years old already. Mm. Actually, since he was um maybe three years old, we've been starting to show him that money is not finite. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, sorry, I mean, money is finite. Because he keeps thinking like, yeah. you know, um, he just asks people for money. <laughs> like, buy new toy. He keeps saying, I don't have this, so I must buy this. I'm like, wow, if you don't, you want to buy everything that you don't have. Uh, mm. Even the world is not enough. You, you are the richest person in the world. You still cannot buy everything, okay? okay, okay. <laughs> so, we're trying to explain to him that it's finite. Yeah, mm. and that we have to work in order to earn money to buy him the things that he wants. So, he mm. can't just ask us to keep playing with him as well. Yeah, and then we come up with a reward system. So, like, for instance, I remember one very um, memorable thing was that I actually, he has, like, coins that we give him and he keeps it in this wallet. So, one day I told him, hey, I think you have enough money. Why don't we go and buy some toys? Mm. Yeah, you can choose your own. He was like, okay, he got really excited. He went to the shop and he chose a $27 bus. Yeah. $27? Yeah, but his coin to have $27. Or a bus that yeah, cost $27? Yeah, a toy bus that cost $27. Wow, it was a big toy bus. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then, okay. he, I, I didn't want to, I, I wanted him to learn a lesson. 
So I let him, I say, okay, bring it to the cashier. See what she says. <laughs> Obviously, the cashier told him that it wasn't enough. The cashier so, like, well, this mom trying to use me. To, I'm, very busy, <laughs> I'm very busy already trying to use me to teach your kids about then money. Then she was just like, a boy will call. Then I'm like, oh, yeah. that explained nice. him. You see, it's not enough. You need to choose something that's within the budget. Mm. Let's see how much you have. You have $2. Why don't you look for, no, you have $2.50. Why don't you look for something that's within the budget? Okay. So in the end, he picked a 180 bus. Mm. And he, he was happy that he had money left over still. Then you're like, next time I can buy more bus. Like, okay, that's good. You can go back and, and collect more coins, make uh keep more and save more coins and then come back and buy the next toy. Okay. Yeah. So like teaching him to realize that there, there are budgets. Mm. Uh, and then I'll use books to also illustrate him the concept. So I recently bought this book from Amazon. Um and I asked him which brother do you want to be? <laughs> and it's one uh. one about a spendthrift brother and one about a saver brother. Uh. Yeah. And then like and, and the saver then invests as well to become a millionaire. So I keep asking him which one do you want to be? And he says he wants to be the saver who becomes the rich one. Then I say, why? So I can buy many, many things. <laughs> okay. Okay, okay. What were some other values they want to instill in your kids? Your two boys? Um, Greed. Greed. Uh, yeah. What about greed? Greed. I feel like um, hard work is kind of overrated. It's important. Mm. But um, greed is really mm. the one that leads almost every single successful person to success. Okay. Yeah. Because like, you can work hard, but if you don't persevere through the tough time, then you'll never have that breakthrough. Mm. And I feel for me, like when, I mean, if I look back at my journey, right, I was a straight A student, but I'm not smart. I don't mm. think I'm smart. You worked like, hard. Okay. Yeah, I worked hard and I worked smart. Okay, my IQ, when I, it's confirmed, okay, I do IQ tests, I don't score very high ones. So I know I'm not smart. But because I know I have a goal and I, I persevere through mm. it. So that's how I got my straight A's. And then like, um, same thing when I set my sights on something, no matter how difficult, I took my real estate exam when I was pregnant. Mm. Yeah, it was difficult because imagine being pregnant and handling a kid and still having to study um, and work at the same time. But I persevered and I really think it was just greed that got me through. Same thing when it came to losing weight. I lost 19 kg to date. I really think it was all about greed. Mm. Yeah, greed, perseverance, working hard, but not like repeating things that don't work also. Yeah, and I really wish to instill this in my kids so that whatever comes in life, because we cannot control when bad things happen, but if they have these values, I believe they'll be able to overcome anything that life throws at them. Mm-hmm. So now that we know a bit about your family situation, so I'd like to ask about family financial planning and all that because we've had couples on the show share their thoughts and mm. you know some, some people will put their uh, bank accounts together to put their money together. Some people keep it separate. Some have a hybrid way of doing it. So how do you do it in your own household with so two kids and have, a husband? Uh, we have our own accounts mm. um, and then we we don't like go and kiam what each other spending on. Mm. So I would, I would say sometimes lah but we won't like you know neck or, or scold. Um, and then we also have a joint account, but we don't use that for joint expenses. Mm. Although I recommend couples do that. Yeah, okay. and the only reason why we don't is because like, the truth is to get the most out of a lot of things, it's not about gyroing your expenses. Mm. Yeah, gyroing doesn't get you a lot of like cashback or rewards. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cards, yeah, correct, correct. But if you do that way, then you need to you need someone to manage and track it and expense it. So oh. we chose that way to get more out of what we have to pay. Mm. Um, and then I just had to do the extra legwork of like expensing it back from my husband. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean it's a it's an admin It's an admin yeah, thing it's that admin. you do la, to, to manage your account and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You manage correct. the family investments. Yes. Like, do you have uh, your personal investments and then the family investments? Like, I two do. Different. So, my husband will just give me a sum and then I will just check in with him before I deploy. 
Yeah, okay. but I, I still have a lot now. And he's like, why you never spend my money? And I'm like, well, there's no compelling investment right now. I need to wait, right? You can't, it's not about just <laughs> it's like your buying client. all. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> like kind client. of. That's why I said I'll never start a hedge fund. It's hard enough to manage my own family's one. Mm. <laughs> and then for my kids, I have uh, stock picks as well as uh, mm. index funds and robos. Yeah. Okay, so you have your kids' investments account. Then you put them into index mm. funds. Yeah, because I think for kids, I, I have a lot more leeway because I want also for them to see the impact of different decisions over time. Mm. Yeah, so when I allocate to stock picks versus uh, index funds and robos, then they can track 18 years later, how does that look? Uh. And it's more tangible to see. We can always teach them, but it's tang- when you actually have skin in the game, it's a different thing. Mm. Yeah, so I want to use that to show them the different paths mm. and let them choose how they want to invest on their own or manage their money in the future. Okay, so when they inherit the, the so-called investment account and they're going to see that, okay, this is the index funds, how it has been doing and then these are active stock picks and how yeah. it's been doing and all that. Correct, wow. correct. Well, prior to that, because the skin of the game so far is you, right? I mean, yeah. Prior to that, they got to be built up with that knowledge. Correct, correct. Not, so not it's easy. a journey. So they don't know they have an investment uh, fund for now. Mm, of yeah, course they and, don't. <laughs> and that will change over time. And also like, we're of the mindset that, you know, a lot of parents, they want to pay for their kids' university. Right. But like my husband and I feel that in the future, a uni degree won't be as valuable as it is now anymore. So if they don't want to go to university, they want to go and start a business, mm. then why not? So uh. we want rather have like a sum of money that's being invested and when we give it to them when they turn off age, it's up to them how they want to spend it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about um, putting money into their CPF, the kids' CPF? Oh, yeah, we would. Um, just mm. that for now, we're trying to max out taxes. <laughs> oh, so, so you think, talk about your own first? Yeah, we talk about our own first. <laughs> okay. Later on, then we do the kids. <laughs> yeah. So how does the investment family fund look like, you know, in your own personal household? Family like, do you, fund. Is it more um, like risk averse? You know, because it's, well, you got to plan for the future. Uh, no, I think it's, it's fair. I would say moderate risk. Moderate risk. Oh. Yeah. So we we do have a longer time span, right? Because mm. it's all the way into retirement. So if I gauge we're in our 30s, we have about like 20, 30 years of investments at least. Mm. So I can afford to take a bit more risk than someone who only had like a 5, 10 year time frame left. So um, for the kids, it's even longer. So we get to play around even more. But because the kids, we want to teach them that that yeah. I mentioned also. That's why we have different paths allocated for them. Mm, so how do you allocate um, between active stock picking and index funds? Based on Generally, opportunity. Based on opportunity. Mm, okay. Yeah, like in market crash, then easy, more on indexes. Mm. Yeah, unless the active stock picks crash a lot as well. Mm. Yeah, but if the outlook for the active stock picks don't look as good and I feel it could continue to be depressed, then I won't act so fast. I'll, I might just deploy more on index fund first. Okay, okay. So personally, what are you doing right now in given the, the market crash, things are picking up again. People are saying, some will think that it's going to be a further crash down the line. You should have some war chairs, right? And yeah. you're just looking at opportunities or? We do. Um, I think it's hard to predict mm. where the future goes. So I'm just deploying. But I also do think that uh, we came out of a period of unprecedented gains. If you look at mm. the S&P, right? Mm. At all the decades in the last 50, 40 or 50 years, um, the one that we just came out of was 400 plus percent. All the others, right? So it was 400 plus. Then you go back another 10 years, it was 200 plus. Then it was like negative 14 or something. Mm. Then 200 plus again and 200 plus. But the one we just came out of 400 yeah, plus there. That's because of the 2020 jump, right? Yeah. It, no, From it's also because of the, of the um flush money that's going into the, the system. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so when you go easing, up, yeah. correct, the QE, when you go up so fast, 
you will have to come down also before mm. it continues. Mm. So I feel like the down hasn't really been down yet. Mm. Yeah, and that's why I'm taking a more cautious wait and see approach. And we have slowed down the pace at which I'm deploying our money. Okay, okay. So you're still deploying at some level, but you're slowing it down. Slowing it down. Yeah, you, you just don't know if there's going to be a, a further crash down the line. Yeah. Of course, nobody can predict anything. Yeah, like if yeah. my trench was X dollars each time, now I'm reducing it to X divided by two, so mm. I can make it last twice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But you're not you're not waiting by the sidelines totally. Because no, some people no, are holding no. cash, you know. Just I think it's so hard to wait on the sidelines because yeah. the market can turn against you so fast mm. and unexpectedly. Mm. And then you'll be like, when you see it turn, you're like, it is a dead cat bounce. Or oh, is it really yeah, the turn, you know, right? You wouldn't really know. Really, Exactly, know. exactly. Then when it goes up and, and if we continue going up, you're like, no la, I think it's fake on now. Come back down la. So it's very hard. The psychology works against you. Mm. Yeah, so I feel like just deploying actively makes sense. But yeah. you can afford to slow down if you're of the view that it could get worse. Yeah, it's so hard to read the markets nowadays. It is. I look at it, it I don't understand. I'm like, what is happening? What's <laughs> going on, man? Yeah, but, but okay, so so we don't know. Mm. You just deploy. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe you deploy a bit less, but that's your, your strategy going mm. forward. Okay, so that's investments. And yeah, you talk about investments on the block too, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. do, I do. It's just that I no longer put the whole thesis. I used to, when like, you know, things go IPO or I'll write like my entire stock thesis on the blog. Mm-hmm. But then uh, there were a couple of instances when I just overheard people talking about me in public and they didn't know who I was, lah, right? And then they'll be like, yeah, I saw a budget big road that she invested in this stock. Uh. And, yeah, I'm going to buy and that's all I heard. And then I got very worried. I'm like, oh, shucks. Yeah, people, just, people might not read your thesis. Yeah, they're just like just scrolling all the way to the bottom yeah. and just seeing whether is, is it a buy or don't buy and then mm. make a snap judgment based on that. And I felt like that was very irresponsible. Mm. I didn't want to contribute to that. Mm. So I stopped putting up full thesis on my blog and I moved it to Patreon whereby I get to have more conversations with the people. Yeah. 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 And because like, it's not, when it's free and public, right, mm. you cannot control who's looking at it. It could be a 17-year-old, it could be a 40-year-old who's experienced, it could mm. be someone who doesn't know anything but respects you a lot. And I cannot control what they do if they don't talk to me about it. Mm. Yeah. Whereas on a more private platform, people can engage me and they'll ask questions and all and I can reply them. So there's a bit more control in that way and there's also with lesser audience, you only get those who are willing to support you and pay for the work, the in-depth research that you do. Mm. So I run a subscription service um, and if on that platform, right, it's easier for me to cut. Yeah. Compared to on the block where it used to be all free and all. And, and, you know, I used to do that a lot during the 2016 to 2018 period. And then I just stopped. Mm, because on, on Patreon, you can filter out the people. Correct. Yeah, and yeah, in closer communication with them instead of like, you know, some somebody just follow your buy and sell recommendation. Exactly. Yeah, and I know dangerous. who's on my Patreon. So, uh. you know, they, they are also open to have a communication channel with me at any time. Mm-hmm. And it's really a lot better, I feel, in that way versus always just publishing on... I mean, free is great. I like free too, right? Mm-hmm. But I think in being in a position where I have realized the impact that my words can have on others, um, I'm a bit more cautious now. I don't want people to be misled into it. So mm. even when like, you know, during the whole crypto bull run um, and everyone was trying to get into crypto and trying to open accounts with all different places, right? I was very cautious about the ones that I picked and wrote about. Mm. Yeah, some had affiliate, some didn't. Okay. I, even if they were good but didn't have an affiliate, I would just talk about it anyway. Mm. Yeah, and if they were not so good but offered really good affiliate fees, I would eliminate them. Okay. Yeah, so that's the back-end thing that I think people don't really see. Yeah, <laughs> crypto is a bit more iffy, do you feel? Like, writing about crypto. Yeah, <laughs> but we do need more content about crypto so people can make better informed choices true, as well. True, Good, Good point, good point. But the authorities aren't doing that. 
Right? Are they not? They're not. They're not putting out enough content about crypto. You think there's a lack? Mm. There's a huge lack, man. Okay. okay. Yeah. So it really all boils down to people like us and right. the few crypto publications to do that education. Mm. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So content has been evolving um, mm-hmm. because your own life has been evolving as well. Yeah, adding in new stuff. There's always new things to learn on SG Budget Bit, right? How, what do you think your personal relationship with money has been like? throughout this whole journey. I mean, from single, you were dating your damn boyfriend and you got married, now with two kids. Like, what's your personal relationship with money like throughout this whole journey? Mm, I think it's grown from like what you described from a scarcity mindset to a modernist mindset. Uh-huh. Yeah, from really trying to save on almost everything I can to now being a bit more selective and focusing more on income. And then also, but at the same time, um, because of the position that I am, I want to make sure the income is earned from sources that give me fulfillment. Yeah, that don't jeopardize my future reputation because I feel that's more valuable than anything else that can be earned in the short term. Yeah, and really looking at money as a tool to empower rather than living on a budget. It's still about budgeting. Mm -hmm. But instead of budgeting within your means and just working on what you were given, it's now also about how can you then go out there and get more that you don't have mm. or you need. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's the change. That's nice. Well, but I guess SG Abundance Babe doesn't have doesn't that have same catchy. ring. <laughs> yeah, it's not catchy. Uh. <laughs> that's not catchy. The brand name stays. Yeah, 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 yeah. Budget Babe. And it's all still in a budget anyway. We always have to operate in a budget, isn't sure. it? Yeah. Sure, sure. It's just how much your budget is can grow over time. All right. Okay, so I have three questions for you. Okay. The, the last three questions at the end. What has been your best and worst investment? It doesn't have to be a financial one. My best and worst. Hmm. Mm, I think my worst is easy. Uh, it was my very first stock pick. Uh, and it was really because I just relied on a tip from my broker. Yeah, first lesson. Don't just rely on broker tips. Mm. And I, re- I remember how my broker pitched it to me. It is a very good stock, man. It's riding on e-commerce wave. You know, everyone's buying more e-commerce now. And that was even before Shopee was around. Um, so the stock was in post, okay? And they were building all these logistics ah. and all. And I even my parents bought. You think I will hide my parents? Mm. My own parents, eh? My parents bought a $2 plus. Now you buy, you're buying cheaper than my parents. You turn the cheddar away, hide your parents. Mm. I listened to him and he said, I have more experience than you. I'm, I'm older and smarter and more experienced. You should listen to me, really. This is a good pick. Okay, so I, okay lah. Listen, you won't hide your own parents, right? I go in, I bought and... We all know where Singtel yeah. is. It's not $2 anymore. It's mm. like, what, 40-something cents now? Then you mentioned broker like, <laughs> wow, so old school. Back then, we stay at brokers. Yeah, I, I know, remember. Right? You know, the younger generation may not know about it yeah, now. Now it's like, well, the commissions are so low. I mean, brokers get a, a fee, right? From your now it's brokerage platform, not broker anymore. Exactly. So yeah, I think the young people really have it good. Yeah, I <laughs> know. know. Yeah, so that was my um, biggest fi- uh, financial mistake. Not mm-hmm. in terms of the dollars lost, but really in terms of the lesson that I learned. Yeah. yeah. How about best one? Best one, uh, I think, would be um, investing my time to go and read up on all the different investment books. And later on, uh, also being open-minded to go for investment causes. Mm. You know, causes get a lot of hate, right? 
yeah. especially the expensive one. People think it's a rip-off, they don't really teach you. But I do think there are really good causes out there and I have mentioned and paid tribute to some of them on my blog. Mm. Um, so I actually went for some of these causes and paid also because I felt like I could learn from the trainer's experience and it could also validate if what I was learning from the books is correct because books are great, but a lot of them are outdated. Mm. Yeah, some concepts just don't work anymore. There are very few good books on growth investing. Sometimes you just need a course that's a bit more updated with people who have been doing this for the last few years but just haven't sat down to write a book because it's so time-consuming, right? And it doesn't... Authors don't earn much anyway. So, like, it makes more sense for them to do a course rather than a book. And I went for those courses to learn and reaffirm what I was learning and picking up from the books. And I don't think those were really good investments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned you've always wanted to write a book. Have you thought about it? <laughs> so, the joke was, I actually said when I got pregnant, right? I was like, oh, I'm going to have four months maternity leave. I'm going to use that four months to write, a, write book. a book. No one told me that my four months would be spent breastfeeding with every two to three hours <laughs> with zero break time. And when I came out of my maternity, I was like, it's a joke, man. Why did I even say it or think that I'll be free during my maternity leave. Mm. Yeah, so I never got around with it and now with two young kids, I still don't have time. Uh. Maybe in the future when I'm retired, I don't know, man. <laughs> okay, sometime down the road, you could possibly spend some time, you know, writing about all your insights and experiences in finance. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But I think for now, it's not because it's really about the time trade-off, right? Mm. And it's easier to write articles now um, or do social media content, short form content than to really sit down and write a book. Usually, the process of writing a book, if you really want to do it, good. and when I do things, I want to do like 120%. I don't want to do like a half-hearted job. So, if I were re- to really sit down, I think it would at least take me like a year. Mm. Yeah, or even more. But that's not the kind of luxury of time I have right now. Okay. Yeah, so maybe in the future, who knows? <laughs> What's something under $100 that you spend on that has been a game changer for you? Harry Potter. <laughs> all seven books less than $100 no 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 maybe the, <laughs> I count the first one Ken <laughs> the first one was yeah, like $70 something yeah okay yeah wow okay books yeah yeah, mm. yeah because like okay I feel um, Harry Potter really shaped me a lot because of the mm. stories it taught me imagination it taught a lot of values mm. friendship greed hard work not the smartest person Hermione was the smartest but she wasn't necessarily the richest mm. right Um. so about being smart, being willing to break the rules where it matters, mm. um, learning how to respect authority when it, it is good authority, um, all of that. And also just the whole imagination, that go, the rich imagination in the story, that really left an impact on me. Mm. And of course, I was very inspired by J.K. Rowling herself because we all know about how she got rejected so many times, right? And then finally, uh, was it Bloomsbury or... The I publisher forgot, name, I forgot mm. last, right? Um, they gave her yeah. a chance, and wow, it became like a worldwide phenomenon, man. Yeah, yeah so, so she flipped her status as well. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and I thought that was very inspiring. I really li- uh, lived, I, I kept thinking about those dreams, and show, it showed that, you know, like even when life sucks mm. or when you're not getting recognition, it doesn't mean that it's not good. You just need a lucky break. You just need to continue working hard and doing what you think is right, what you think gives add value and and everything else will just fall into place. Mm. Yeah, and that's with Harry Potter, right? He didn't always know what he was doing, but he just lived to his values and he didn't compromise on some things even when he was put in some precarious situations that required him to choose. Mm. Um, And it came out good in the end. Mm, Yeah, and I felt that was very impactful, especially as a kid. I think when you read those and you grow up with that mindset, Plus, Harry Potter made me love the English language. Uh, yeah, and I think that led me to where I am now. Writing, where yeah. yeah, I love writing. So that 
was pretty much the most impactful, less than $100. And it makes me feel even better that I earned it by myself because I saved that money to buy my own Harry Potter books. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. the achievement of that as well. Yeah, it wasn't my mom who bought it for me. It was me saving up by myself. Yeah, through your own efforts. <laughs> exactly, that's, that's exactly. Alright, so you've mentioned you've uh, attended seminars, you read books. Is there a place that you learn from that you could recommend to our listeners? Uh, a book, a podcast? Okay, you don't listen to podcasts. Whoops! <laughs> 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 uh, a seminar, you know, something. Something, a recommendation for us. I feel books are super underrated. Mm-hmm. Do you have and a specific causes book? as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a list of books. So if you Google SG Budget Babe mm. investment books, there's a list where I've created from beginner to uh, middle level advanced, to advanced. Yeah. Uh, and I think going through that whole list will really make you a better investor. Mm. And then after that is figuring out how to adjust it to today's time because some investment concepts are timeless. Mm-hmm. But a lot of things that have changed also. Like in the past, right? If you look at a lot of investment books, they go for investments and businesses with a lot of assets. Uh-huh. But today, we Growth. don't want. Yeah, yeah, we want asset light industries because yeah. they're the ones who can scale and grow the fastest. Yeah, so that's that change. But if you just read books or don't know how to adapt that, then that's a problem. So I think everyone should really start by reading books. And then uh, YouTube, I feel, is great because there are a lot of gems, but there's also a lot of noise. Mm. So if you're someone who feels very overwhelmed, I think we just need to play at where we learn best in. Like, like you know, I was telling you guys, I don't learn very well on just audio. audio. Yeah, so while people say uh, podcasts and clubhouse discussions and all can have been very enlightening for them, it's not something that will help me grow. Mm. So for me, it's really about words and videos. And that's where I go for resources. Mm. What was yeah. something you've read or are reading recently? Um, let me think. Uh. I've read a lot of books recently, but I think the most impactful one that I recommend is The Psychology of Money by Morgan Hosey. Mm. Have you mm. read that? Yeah, I haven't fully read it. Yeah. Uh, you should. It's a really great book. Um, it talks about money from like as a as a means, as investments, as expenses. It covers the mindset is really the psychology of money and it's very enlightening. Mm. Like, there were so many parts of the book where I was like, yeah, screenshot. Mm, yes. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you realize you screenshot the whole book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, good. Yeah. there's just so much jam yeah. in there. Yeah, and I think that's a classic that I will reread and reread for years to mm. come. And he blocks as well, so you can... Blocks are mine. Ah. Shameless <laughs> 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 shooting. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh... let's talk about actually budget, babe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's, uh, your blog is still there. You're venturing out into YouTube. What else are you doing? TikTok, you know? We haven't no. No, I try, but it's so hard. Um, I put a lot of in-depth content on my blog. Yeah, and I think people now are like looking more at my social media mm-hmm. on Instagram. I do put stuff on Instagram as well, but those are like news, right? Or very quick stuff or like short form content. But a lot of the gems are still in my blog. Mm. Yeah, and okay, there are a lot more sponsored posts on my blog now, but... I'm very selective about how I take those on and I direct the direction. Mm. Yeah, the clients don't always get to pick. In fact, most of the discussions which nobody hears, it's actually me telling the client, I want it to be in this angle. I propose this direction. If they fight back, then I will argue back Mm. unless their angle makes sense. Yeah, and I really get to go into super a lot of detailed content that wouldn't otherwise go out. I get to speak and vet and double confirm a lot of things that people normally wouldn't get access to. 
Yeah, so a lot of the gems are in there. Mm. People are not reading it as much as they used to anymore because I think a lot of the yeah. attention is going to short form content yeah. like TikTok and YouTube and you, Instagram. You see the views going towards your other channels, correct, right? Instagram correct. and all yeah, that. Yeah, but my blog really has is where like the in-depth thinking and details. Like, the, you know, just now I was just telling you about the last 10 years of the S&P thing, right? Mm. The 400%, 200% and all. There's actually an upcoming blog post that will come up this weekend. Oh, and yeah. it's not sponsored, right? I mean, uh, it is sponsored, mm, okay. but I came out with that content. Uh, like, the client didn't tell me to look back. Yeah, okay. so I was actually the one who looked at the brief and I was like, I think we should really talk about how, why the eco, uh, the macro scene currently looks the way it is and this is what we just came out on. History is not going to repeat mm. itself, but it might and these are the trends that we're starting to see. So yeah, I was directing like 90% of the whole article and that is really where I put a lot of effort in. Uh, I spent at least a good 6 to 20 hours each week on my blog. Mm. Yeah, wow. and maybe just like so many bloggers have stopped blogging. You know, I mean, they, they went <laughs> on to TikTok, IG, YouTube, really, but they're still working on it. Yeah, yeah because like also, I I feel like when I sit down and I work on a blog article, right, that's where I get to you know open like two hundred tabs and <laughs> look at a lot of research and then pull and consolidate and all, and that whole curation mm. and tell crafting of a direction, a story, and angle. There's a lot more effort and there's more um direction. There's more focus hmm. you it's hard to get that on tiktok yeah. or instagram yeah. the medium doesn't allow for depth correct yeah. correct yeah so i'm really proud of the work that i have on the blog yeah and i think people should really read it you'll learn so much i have almost 500 articles on the blog no i think people don't realize yeah but if someone just reads through all my old content right and you just eliminate those that are time sensitive like promotions and stuff like that which are very rare anyway there's a lot of insights and gems that can be learned mm. from there yeah and I think there are also a lot of local blogs that we can learn from also a lot of US blogs um, there are great writers on Substack Seeking Alpha uh, where else Medium Twitter um, it's really about finding the ones that you resonate with the ones whom you respect them and you like the way they think and analyze businesses and investments and then following them. Mm. Because there's just so many writers out there. It's, it's just like how it's impossible to read the works of every single author in the world and the, the world's library. It's very hard to read all the blogs out there on investing and finance as well. So it's really about picking those that resonate with you and then sticking with them. Yeah, and feel free to switch if you suddenly think that the author has deviated. Because like, we invest differently, right? If all along, you will grow, but now you feel that you got burnt in growth and you want to go more towards like index funds, then go and find an index writer. Yeah, I'm sure there's lots of great ones out there. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Don. Welcome. <laughs> hey. hey, I hope you've learned something useful today and I truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconuts. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated, and discussed. Join our community Telegram group, follow us on our socials, sign up for our weekly newsletter. Everything is in the description. If you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. For more information, check out thefinancialcoconut.com. With that, have a great day ahead, stay tuned next week, and remember, personal finance can be chill, clear, and sustainable for... 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.